I'm Janine. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Standing by to join me is Shannon Lanier. He's an Emmy award-winning TV show host, co-author of the Random House book, Jefferson's Children, as the sixth great-grandson of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings, and he's also a father of three. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Where are we connecting from? I'm in Houston, Texas, in the heat. <laughs> oh, my God. Nice and hot. <laughs> You're brave. I know, right? But I actually like the heat. You know, I lived in New York for 15 years, and before that in Ohio, where I was born and raised. And it snowed, and it snowed a lot. I am enjoying this Texas heat. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So, Shannon, tell me at what point that you found out that you're related to Thomas Jefferson. You know, I've actually known my entire life. Ever since I was a kid, my mother, Priscilla, shared the news with my brother, Sean, and I just passed down the oral history of our family. So it became like second nature, and you almost, I guess, in some aspects, take it for granted because it's just your, your family, you know? Right, yeah. How has that shaped you as a person? You know, I don't know if it has in my in my younger years because I really didn't grasp the understanding of what it was or what it meant. It was just like, okay, another another ancestor, you know, another grandma, another grandpa. So it, I really didn't too much as I got older and I started to work on the book with Jane Feldman and really started to learn more about history and my culture, my family. Then, you know, it had more of an impact on who I am and what I was going to do in my life. I mean, it's changed my life and touring the country, writing a book and, you know, doing speaking engagements and other spinoff projects. It's been an amazing experience to take part in. When did you decide you wanted to go into uh, broadcasting and being on TV? As, as long as I can remember, I always had a, a camera in my hand <laughs> and I was always making home videos and doing, and doing photography. And actually when I went to high school, I went to, uh, it was a school for, I guess, what would you say, like college prep school to get people ready for the communications field. So I went to high school for communications, and then I went to college for communications, and I majored in electronic media production and media management. So ever since I was a kid, I was, you know, behind the camera and involved in being in front of the camera and just trying to entertain people. <laughs> And now currently you're a co-anchor on CW39, the morning show in Houston. That's right. So you can catch us every morning from 6 to 10 a.m. bringing you the news, traffic, and weather. Now, did your co-workers know about your whole backstory, you know, in your relationship to Thomas Jefferson? Oh, yeah. We've done a lot, especially during Black History Month. And then the Smithsonian came down and they did this whole project of dressing me up like Jefferson kind of sh shine a mirror to America to show people what this country has become since our founding fathers. Right. And then you also do uh, a very popular podcast, Daddy Duty 365. How did that come about? Oh, I love Daddy Duty 365 because I'm a very active father. I'm, I like to say sometimes I'm an unapologetic father because I've taken my kids everywhere. They come to work sometimes. They go to events with me. They walk the red carpet with me. So I'm all it. in. Uh, you know, everything from doing their hair, getting them dressed, the bath times and everything. I, I'm there for my wife to help as she holds the family together. I'm a good assistant at the other stuff. So, uh, 
So I wanted to highlight a lot of the other amazing dads that are out there doing what they're supposed to do, handling their business, because a lot of times dads get bad raps. And so I'm given an opportunity to shine a light on some of the positive fathers that are doing what they're supposed to do and handling their business. And the show Daddy Duty 365 is really an opportunity for celebrity dads to reveal the good, the bad, and the funny of fatherhood. So I sit down with a lot of these celebrities who you normally may only see um, doing movies and music videos and different things like that, see them in more of a fatherly figure type of atmosphere when they're getting emotional and they're talking about the kids and laughing about the kids and even some of the fears that they have about being a dad. So, you know, people can listen to Daddy Duty 365 wherever podcasts are available. And our new season is about to kick off in just a few weeks. So I'm really excited about seasons two. And how has uh, the quarantine, you know, being in a pandemic changed you? Oh, it's really makes you appreciate the freedoms that you had beforehand. Mm-hmm. It really made me closer to my family because we're spending so much time together. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you see things you maybe didn't see before that were happening because you're just moving so fast. and You're going to so many different things and doing sure. so much really uh, made you slow down, spend more quality time with your family members and be able to sleep more because I'm not so busy running around. So that helps <laughs> out definitely. You can look good uh, from here up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I got on shorts doing most of these interviews. I'm good. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, surprisingly, I'm more busy because of this, because I am doing a lot of these Zoom things and it kind yeah. of interferes with your home work balance because I like I'm doing a lot of the interviews at home or doing you know for work yes. uh, and so that kind of blurs the line a little bit and sometimes the kids don't understand like you're working again you just came home from work I was like I know but now I gotta get on this interview and do this call I so know. that's kind of been hard to balance and getting them to understand but now that they're doing their zoom classes and they're uh, virtually learning as well it, it helps them understand like see you gotta do it throughout the day too right and I think, especially with the business that we're in, we need to think about how we can be creative and mm. make an impact in some way. Because yeah. this show, Get the Funk Out, is really about inspiring stories of things that people have gone through and maybe some advice they can offer. And especially right now, personally and professionally, people are going through such a hard time. Yeah, it's so true. And I think people need a release because people don't realize sometimes how hard things are until they get an outside eye looking in because this quarantine has really affected people and isolated people and sometimes people are getting depressed or going through emotional things that they don't even realize they're going through until it's either too late or someone else recognizes it so i definitely encourage people to reach out to other people uh, whether it is on zoom or by the phone whatever they can to just keep that connection going with people because you know, I worry about my mother who's by herself and she's at home and she doesn't get, you know, many visitors really because of the pandemic and, you know, she has health conditions. So, you know, I try to call her every day to just check on and make sure she's good, make sure she's okay. She has what she needs. Uh, thankfully, she's really good at uh, getting taken and different okay. things delivered to her, groceries <laughs> delivered and things like that. But, you know, I really do want people to be able to reach out to other people just to connect. It's hard enough. Now, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a hugger so you know I like that human contact it's hard not getting that a lot of yeah. times luckily my family and I are quarantined together so I can still get all my hugs from the kids right 
Right. But definitely this is a time to be really empathetic and compassionate to people that are alone and to do random act of, acts of kindness, no matter what it is. Oh yeah. I totally am all for that. And just helping people out and making sure that people appreciate the humanities in us because without any connection, people are disconnected and you forget there are still great people out there in the world. There are still great people doing things, especially with all the unrest and the rioting and the protests going on. You know, it reminds you that we're in this life together and we have to be able to fight to stay alive together, but also be kind to each other together and really spread that, that hope and that joy to each other. Right. I want to take it back, uh, a little bit, a couple months, to the death of George Floyd. Didn't it feel like everything was happening at once? The pandemic, the death of George Floyd, racism, obviously not a new topic, something, as you know, going on hundreds and hundreds of years. It was like this gigantic awakening, a reality slap for a lot of people. Yeah, it was like we were facing two different pandemics at the same time with all the racial unrest in the country and the actual COVID-19 going on. And, you know, I think it was a perfect storm. People were just fed up. They didn't want to be in the house. They were just mad about so many different things. And it was this the release that they needed to to get through and what they needed to, I guess, do to handle a lot of the situations that they were going through with the emotions that they were having. And it gave them an outlet to release their anger in many ways. And so, you know, it was a perfect storm. And I think that the like that I'm seeing a difference in how people are sort of now coming together, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, all these ethnicities are coming together to the, for a common cause to fight police brutality and to fight the death of black lives and the injustices that exist in this country. And people are just coming together to now embrace each other and say, we can do this together because it's not a black problem. It's not a white problem. It's a societal problem. Yes. It's going to take society coming together, regardless of your color, to fight for humanity, to fight for justice, and to put everyone together to say, you know, uh, someone not being free somewhere, as Martin Luther King said, is a freedom to all of us everywhere, you know, not being free or something. You know the word I'm trying to say, not in his I articulate know. way, but you know, <laughs> if, we're, if someone is enslaved somewhere, then we are not all truly free. So you bet. You got to think us all. Yeah, I think we really have to focus on how can we be better humans. You know, that's how can so, we be that's compassionate, so true. Just, empathetic, kind to everybody. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's what really is going to make a difference. That's what's really going to make the change that we need to see in this world is all of us just saying, hey, regardless of what you look like you're human and we need to empathize and be passionate and for you and just treat you as an equal you know jefferson when he wrote those words all men are created equal they weren't to include black people not even women you know people that were not land owning white men but we now have an opportunity to understand that and to actually make those words mean that today that yes we can all truly be created equal but it is really up to all of us to take ownership of that concept and to really fight for it in our individual lives and in our daily lives and our neighborhoods and our nuclear families. I mean, it starts there. People always say, what can I do? Start with yourself. Start with making a difference in yourself and then in your family, then in your household, your community, your job. You know, it has to start somewhere and we can all make the difference. You bet. 
And it really has to start by teaching the kids because those kids will be adults someday. And they, I believe hate is learned. So how you treat your kids, how you treat one another, what you, because we can't all push back on the teachers. Well, they're going to educate our kids. As parents, you need to educate your kids. Yeah, it starts at home. I mean, I'm a true believer of that because, you know, they get that foundational understanding, you know, whether it's someone making a joke or you side-eyeing someone or not pulling your purse closer because a certain person passes you or stands in the elevator with you. They see all that. They sense all that. So you really do have to start with the younger generation. Teach them before they even get those concepts in their head. You know, we interviewed uh, Jane and I for the book, Jefferson's Children, the story of one American family. We interviewed a guy named Dan Hemmings, who was raised in a very racist environment. And the majority of people in his family had Confederate flags tattooed on their bodies. Oh. And one of the lessons he teaches us through his story in the book is that no child is born a racist. It's something that must be taught to them. Mm-hmm. But just like in Dan's case, he was able to have it untaught as well. And he broke that cycle of racism in his family and raised him as his wife, Mary, raised two grown men to not be racist. And so it is possible. We can reverse our thinking. We can stop the cycle of racism in our families and discrimination that exists in our families. You don't have to believe and practice the same things your, your family did. You bet. Anything else you want to highlight from your book? You know, I just, it's hard to really put in essence the interviews that Jane and I did because we interviewed four generations of family members on both Thomas Jefferson's wife, Martha's side of the family mm-hmm. and on Sally Hemings' side of the family and really got an understanding of how we are all more alike than we are all different and that we are just one American family, but there's so many other families out there that are just like ours. We just happen to descend from a president. But some of the situations and issues that come up are things that come up in every family. And so we really hope that people can look at our family and say, you know what, if they can reconcile and come to a place of healing after so many years separated from slavery, maybe this country can too. Maybe your individual families can too. So look at it as a way to, to build a conversation or start a conversation with your family. Use it as a catalyst for the discussion and use it as a way to get to a point of healing and reconciliation in your families. Definitely. Oh, what are some things you do to instill positivity into your life? Because, you know, we're going through very challenging times. Yeah. Well, I like to do certain things on social media that will spread joy and positivity to other people as well. So I like to do like my Monday motivation quotes and things. And I like to put fun things because, you know, as a news anchor, we're a lot of times doing so much serious, depressing stuff. And so it's nice to be able to cut from that and have some other things that are lighthearted and fun. And I put my kids on there a lot and us just having fun and doing daddy duty moments and doing hair and, you know, <laughs> just having a, having a ball, you know, and try to inspire people to laugh because a lot of people, they're, they're not able to laugh right now because there's so right. many serious things going on in this world. And I think that you still have to laugh. You're not living if you can't laugh. Right. And so I try to put some uh, lighter moments on my social media page and, just hang with my kids. Something's always going to happen. Hang with some kids. You're going to have some more fun and you're going to, you know, try to, you know, be a fun person. And so they keep me young. They keep me fun and they keep me positive because I want to make sure I set a good example of a positive atmosphere, regardless of what goes on. Just like my kids say, she's one of them says, I'm bored. I'm like, you're bored because you want to be bored. You can control your boredom. 
start having fun. Do something that you control that. That's a good lesson. Right. I say you control it, right? And so I'm like, start having fun. Do something that's gonna that you think would be awesome and fun, and that way you won't be bored. Whether that's read a book, run around the block, jump up and down, sing and dance, whatever it is that you like to do, do it. And you won't be bored anymore. It's that simple. All right. And so I try well, wait, to see, here's you know, one. the most positive place. Here's here's one. I'm sorry to interrupt. Daddy, Zoom uh, classes are so boring. <laughs> oh, what would you do? Well, sometimes sometimes you got to make learning fun, and you know, certain teachers are more fun than others. Yes. But, you know, they're science teachers. They love like to do you know, science things and everything like that. And sometimes you got to get through the boredom to have more fun later. So, okay, normally you would have a little fun after school, but if today was super boring, then you got to turn it up to ten. And you got to party hard after school and say, I survived. I survived the boredom. So, you know, sometimes you got to make it through because I think some of the meetings I go to work with are actually boring also. It's just part of life. That means you just party harder later to make up for it. So set your eye on the prize and look at the light at the end of the tunnel and say, oh, when this is over, I'm partying hard. You bet. Maybe you should switch (laughs) roles with your kids. Have them go to your boring meeting. You'll go to the boring science class. (laughs) <laughs> all right, I think we'll, we'll just all be bored. I don't know if that's going to help. <laughs> I know. Where can people find out more about you? Oh, I'm all over social media at Mr. Shannon Lanier across all social media platforms. I do the most on Instagram probably, but you can find me at Mr. Shannon Lanier on all the platforms that are out there. And of course, you know, I go in depth on the Daddy Duty 365 podcast. We also have an Instagram handle for Daddy Duty 365. And the podcast, you get to learn a lot about me, my parenting skills, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. (laughs) Sometimes I don't always get it right. I don't profess to be an expert. I am learning in this process, too. Sometimes I think the kids are raising me. But, you know, it's all a process, and it's a fun journey as I'm going through it. And as long as my family's there, it's going to be a good time. Fantastic. You know, one thing I didn't ask you is, for the students that are graduating college and they were thinking, oh, I was going to get an internship to go into broadcasting like Shannon, now what? Do you have any advice? Well, for a lot of times, you know, a lot of people are still accepting interns. They're virtual and a lot of it deals more so with research, writing, different things that are, uh, you know, things that they can do remotely, especially with social media. A lot of people are still looking for social media interns. Just still get connected. And even if you can't connect with like an eight week long in-person internship, you still have the opportunity, especially as a recent graduate or someone who's still in school, to reach out to people and tell them, I'm in school. I would love to interview you about what you do in your daily life. I would yes. love to, you know, virtually shadow you throughout the day and see what it's like to live in your shoes. And that way you can, one, open a door to someone new and network with that person. People love to brag about themselves. So most likely they're going to be like, sure, yeah, interview me. I'll tell you about myself. And then, you know, you get just a little bit more understanding firsthand of what this person's life and career is like. So don't think because you can't be there in person, you can't do it. You can still find a way to open that door to get some type of experience or knowledge about a certain career that you want to go into. Just find the person that's in that career that you want to have their type of job and interview them. Right. Great idea. Excellent. Shannon, thank you so much for coming into the show. You got it. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'll see you on social media at Mr. Shannon Lanier. Okay. Take care.